Hey listeners, welcome to Confessions from a Therapist, where we will not be spilling the tea on clients, but we'll be giving you an inside look into the world of therapy. So sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Please remember this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. Please seek services if you need, as this is not a therapeutic relationship or a substitute for your own therapy. If you're in crisis and need immediate assistance, please call 911. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a special episode. Um, we are going to be talking with Tanya Cole Lesnick um, about her work. So, Tanya, hi. We're happy to have you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we're super excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself before we really dig in. Sure. So I have been a licensed clinical social worker, therapist. I also do coaching work since 1995. Wow. That was a long time ago. So 27 years ago, I've been doing this work with people, mental health work. um, And I did it, and I think we'll probably get into this a bit later, but I did it when being part of a group therapy as a client changed my life. I actually was a graphic designer prior to that. So I've done all kinds of work. I've done private practice. I've worked in mental health settings, um, wellness centers, and always finding group therapy or therapeutic groups to be such a powerful component of the work that I'm, that I do, that I've done over these years. And over since January, this past January of 2022, went back to doing my own thing again and really growing from doing therapeutic groups and doing some coaching work, leading more with some of the coaching work, because I think although I really value my history as a psychotherapist, I am interested in moving towards quicker movement forward Mm -hmm. and using both of those skills, kind of blending them together to help people as I continue on this path. Yeah. So do you work with, or have you worked with a specific population or not really? I've worked with different populations over the years, um, but I think what I've come to in terms of maybe my most consistent client are typically women from about 30s to 60s somewhere, and often people who are fighting against some of the conditioning that they grew up with, as we all do, that have felt that they want to shift some of those narratives, things like being a good girl, perfectionistic tendencies, um, struggling to put themselves first. I think Mm -hmm. that those are the themes that I tend to probably attract, probably because those are the things that I've worked on in my own life. So that does tend to be my most consistent client. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that kind of, when you're talking a little bit about like some of the things that you've experienced in your life, I think that kind of brings us or brings me to the question of like, 
what began, I guess, your journey or inspiration to want to lead or facilitate group therapy? Yeah. So when I was in my mid twenties, I was struggling to have a long-term love relationship and didn't understand what was in the way for me. And at that time, there was a lot of stigma connected to therapy. And I don't think I saw my issues as being valid Mm. to seek therapy for, Uh but I actually was smoking cigarettes at the time and the gym that I belonged to offered a program to help you quit smoking. And what that ended up being was group therapy in a therapist office, basically. I mean, it was called, you know, quit smoke program, but we (laughs) met, I think five different times, four different weeks in a row. I mean, you know, for four weeks, start to finish and it helped me quit smoking. I mean, I haven't smoked cigarettes (laughs) and then that was over 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. but it also opened me up to the idea that maybe therapy wasn't so scary. Mm -hmm. Maybe it actually could be a legitimate place for me to explore what was in the way for me. So from that experience, I did ask around to get a few names. Um, Actually, I asked my parents. I'm saying I asked around, but I was not (laughs) the idea of it. So I didn't really ask people I knew because I felt very, um, I I think, protective of that information. Mm -hmm. And I got some names. I connected to a therapist and went in for individual work at first felt immediately comfortable in space with her and sharing my story, started to feel very seen. I think I went into that experience feeling very flawed. Mm. She was very reassuring, but suggested I go into group group therapy pretty early on. Uh. Now I had that positive experience with the quit smoking group, but what I was talking to her about was deeper than what we would talk about in that group. So when she suggested group therapy, the idea of it terrified me, but I trusted her and I was kind of intrigued. So I agreed to do it and it brought up a lot of stuff as I started the process. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of difficult beginning conversations, but it was also amazing to have this experience going in feeling sort of flawed. I mean, at that point, I started to do some healing with my therapist individually, but going into the group situation, feeling somewhat flawed, but seeing these people that I was starting to admire, Mm -hmm. working on their own personal growth, and then we're all sharing our inner worlds. It was so powerful and freeing and allowed me to stop that line of thinking that I was flawed and instead realized, oh, this is a human condition. And that reframe helped with everything moving forward. And that experience was so life affirming. I did meet my husband early on. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Kids, thank you. Two grown daughters. So why I went happened and that part was successful. What I didn't anticipate was what that experience for me to connect to myself, to understand that I had needs, to start learning what they were, to start connecting to my intuition, various things like that in that process 
changed my life so significantly that I decided to go back to school, become a therapist and dedicate my life to helping others have some similar experiences. Yeah. I love that. Um, because I feel like when, well, at least for me too, when I had to like go to therapy myself, myself first, it, it gave me a totally different understanding of what it would be like for my clients mm-hmm. um, to make that decision and that choice and how they would feel, right? Like all of that sort of, no one talks about the fact that they go, um, who do I see? How do I know, right? Like so many questions um, and, you know, finding out that, even though the reason why you were going was one thing, but that you have the ability to get so much more out of it than what you initially thought um, is just so great. I tried to explain that to people, but it's almost like you need to experience it to really understand. understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. I think we can tend to, and I think we can approach life that way too. When we think, okay, we know the path we're on, we know where we're headed, but then so many things unfold along the way. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot more in there. There's a lot more depth. There's a lot more than we even realize until we sort of open ourselves up to being in that space. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, what you were saying too is about that collective experience mm-hmm. of just being in a group. I think that it helps ease the shame. It sounds like mm-hmm. of like, I'm not alone in this. So I think that's when, when you were talking a little bit about that, that's the first thing came to my, myself was like that a collective experience that we share with other people and saying that we're not alone, mm-hmm. like just even the power and impact in that. Yeah. Yeah. And to feel that in a very deep emotional Mm-hmm. place rather than I think we can say we know this stuff intellectually it makes sense okay I get it but having that experience just carries more weight I, I was just telling you guys about this retreat that mm. I came back from and that is you know a more condensed version of what I'm talking about it was a larger group of people and it was for a week as opposed to what some of the therapeutic groups might be ongoing yeah but that very intense experience together of sort of showing each other our hearts and having that experience and having the connections that go along with that mm-hmm. is so powerful mm-hmm. yeah it <clears throat> It really is. And I think groups, they're, I don't know, sort of an afterthought, like people don't really think about them Uh um, or very hesitant, right? Like you say that you are very hesitant to join a group. And so for you, what have you noticed or what have you seen sort of makes people the most hesitant to join a group? Usually the way it goes with me is I'll be working with somebody individually and I can see how much benefit they would also get from group. Mm -hmm. So conversation begins and there is often resistance for a while. Sometimes it never switches over to openness with it. Mm -hmm. I think what people are the most afraid of 
number one, being vulnerable with strangers. And I'm putting that in air quotes because they do not stay strangers for long. No. I think, so there's that. I think another one is people worry that a group of people are gonna have their own issues that maybe are not in alignment with the issues that that person is bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. And I do tend to put groups together, not with very specific topics. Like I don't have, I did at one point, but at the moment I don't have something like a group for women divorcing, for example. Mm -hmm. But within the group, there is likely to be somebody going through something like that where somebody else might be asking themselves questions about what career is gonna be more meaningful for them. Mm -hmm. But I always see the overlap as being very human. Mm -hmm. But people going into this are worried that they're gonna to have to sit and listen to other people's stories that they're not interested in, that don't really relate. And um, I think the other concern is that they want to do their work with me personally and they have their agenda and they want to go through what they want to go through and get that primary focus back on themselves mm -hmm. um, and seeing group as somehow a lesser version mm -hmm. of what kind of support they can get what kind of therapeutic work can happen in a group what mm -hmm. I think people don't understand is that there is a power in group that you can't get from individual because you do have other humans working on their own stuff at the same time. In a therapeutic relationship where somebody is a coach or a therapist and somebody else is a client, mm -hmm. there's a limit to how much I in that role as a therapist or coach I'm going to share with my client about my own journey. I will use information from my life because I think it's helpful for teaching purposes, uh -huh. but it's a fine line. I don't want to bring in sort of, oh, this is what I'm working on, on why and how in a way that might take away from what the person is working on because I'm the guide in that situation. Yeah. But when you're in group with other people and hear what other people are struggling with and working on and can see yourself in that, that's very powerful. You're not alone. And it can touch on unconscious stuff too. You wouldn't necessarily bring some of that stuff to a therapy session because you weren't really paying attention to the meaning or how much that kind of whatever you hear somebody else in group talking about resonates for you. Mm -hmm. But when you hear it and you're connected to it, it's like a whole nother layer gets uncovered. So I think that's the part people don't understand is that it brings something even more rich if you open up to it. Yeah. And I, th I think that I'm, in, I'm, I'm huge into Brene Brown. So I always think of just like people connecting. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying like it does probably feel different when somebody else in that experience is able to share their story and once it kind of hits you and like you're able to be like wow like I can relate to that and then it does kind of almost probably open up doors to insight of like wait how like and I never even noticed that for myself or I don't feel as shameful about sharing this experience or I feel more comfortable in this place so I, I'm as you were just talking about I was like yeah I mean even in my experience leading group or even being a part of group myself, it does feel in a way different than just being able to process individually. 
mm-hmm. with somebody else. Like when you actually have somebody saying like, I can relate, I've been there, or this is my experience about it. It does open up different windows and doors within you internally. Yeah. 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 And I think there's something about permission too. When you see somebody, and again, we often admire each other in these group situations. So often it's somebody that you think maybe doesn't experience some of those things by looking at them. But Mm -hmm. as they start to share some of that inner world with them, you're like, oh my gosh, this person struggles in the same way that I struggle. And they're so amazing. So I I just have to hold that and remember for myself when I start to hear that sort of nasty inner critic that can start to say some of those nasty things that we all experience with our inner critics. When you had mentioned too how for some people it's like, well, I have to listen to other people's stories and like their experience isn't the same as, as my experience necessarily. But it sounds like, and what I've noticed also is that the feelings and the emotions and the humanness of different types of experiences can be very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, you know, maybe one person is going through a divorce and one person is having some other life change, but both of those transitions are going to bring up different things that then you can see, you know, parts of your experience in or relate to, um, or, you know, when somebody says something, all of a sudden it like really resonates with you and you don't understand why it's hitting you like that. Um, but if you didn't have sort of this, this shared space, you might've never noticed or come to this conclusion of, oh, wait, maybe I need to explore this a little bit more. Um, you know, it's, it's such a powerful thing to be in community with people that are all sort of on the same page of, we're trying to work on stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're touching on sort of the depth underneath it, right? So the stories may be different, but the emotional pieces, the the depth of, I don't know, dealing with maybe an old family messaging that you've got growing up that you now have to shift, some of that can show up in all different kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually, you brought up a memory that I had from when I was in the group that I attended 30 years ago, there was also the other side of this where sometimes somebody is talking and it is something you don't want to listen to. And so how do you deal with that? So sometimes it could be because it's bringing up something that's uncomfortable for you in your own life that you don't particularly want to look at. So that's definitely worth looking at and exploring. And that's why I love the combination of individual and group as well, because it gives you the opportunity. If you have something coming up that you feel uncomfortable about and you're not ready to talk about it in group yet, because maybe you feel like it would be unkind to somebody sharing or you're just not sure where those feelings are coming from, that's where processing individually until you get clear can be really helpful in them bringing it back to group. But the experience that I had when I was in that group, a woman was talking about um, a high school reunion that she had 
gone to. And she was going on and on about this high school reunion. And it felt very superficial. Mm -hmm. And I used to, this is a group in New York City, and I used to travel from Westchester County all the way into New York City. So I put a lot of time in getting to group, getting home from group. And I was sitting there feeling frustrated about this conversation because it wasn't touching on anything deep for me. But what it did for me is it helped me learn how to find a voice while still being kind, Mm -hmm. while understanding that everybody's in different places and allowing myself to have a voice, even if I didn't have anything that had any urgency to it. Because I think what happened was I felt like, well, I can't really interrupt. I I don't have an issue that I'm bringing in this very moment. But what I did was got very honest about the struggle, how I was catching myself withdrawing, and I wasn't sure what to do about it. And that led to a very deep conversation about having space for yourself. And what does that look like? And um, so I think even then there's opportunity, right? Even if you're hearing somebody else's story and you catch yourself withdrawing, that's something to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point too. I think that um, I I didn't even think about that as we were talking about it, where it's, what is it for you that you start to pull back when also hearing other people's individual stories like is that something for you internally that maybe needs further exploring and on top of that is that something that I bring up in the group in the group experience is this something that I can or is it something that I just have to hold back for now that's Mm -hmm. something that I didn't even think about as we were talking about it too it's like yeah those those experiences are going to be happening as you do facilitate the group or even being a part of the group yeah yeah. And there in the case, the story that I just shared, I did speak up then in group, but I had been in that group for a while and I knew the people quite well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Early on, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So early on, that would have been the other option, which would have been I would have brought it to my therapist sec- separately. And then she and I would have talked it through and then she would help me understand what would help me in group to bring back to group. And so that was a helpful process yeah as oh go ahead michelle oh i was just gonna say it i had a similar like experience in grad school actually like in one of our classes and it was run very group like Mm -hmm. and like i felt very similar i was i was having like all these feelings come up about a particular um student And I was like, I don't understand why this is happening. And it was really the same. I felt like everything was very surfacey. And that like triggered me and I did not understand it. And it wasn't until I, by the, right. So now this semester's over, we've been together for a very long time. (laughs) And then I like brought something up about it and how I didn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And um, then that, right, open the door to figuring out like where that was coming from and realizing really had nothing to do with this other person that was in my class at all. And it had everything to do with other stuff that I didn't even know was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And in thinking about that, it's like the one, one of the benefits of a group is that in life, we 
or with people all the time. You know, we interact with people on the daily, whether it's at your job or in your family or you're at the grocery store. Um, and so having some experience in a safe place of like realizing that people do things and then stuff comes up for you and you know, vice versa. Maybe like you're doing something and then someone shares that stuff is coming up for them. And being okay with the fact that that's how, you know, people work. Mm. Um, we're all kind of playing off each other a little bit all the time and we don't even know it. Yeah. And so growing that awareness of, okay, you know, like maybe that's not mine. Right. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, like, you know, and it's not theirs to hold, right? If something's coming up for me and being able to really practice and learn how to like pause and then examine mm -hmm. like, wh what is that really? Yeah. Instead of just this like reaction to whatever it is that's going on. Right, yeah, I love that. And what's mine and what's theirs. Mm-hmm. You know? So I love that. So then that helps you make the next decision. What do I let go of? And what do I sort of spend some time exploring? Yeah. Notice, oh, this is a pattern for me. I've seen this before. It's something for me to get a better understanding of versus, oh, I have this tendency to take on other people's sort of dysregulated emotions that they're experiencing that's not mine to hold so mm -hmm. making uh -huh. that decision can be so helpful yeah uh -huh. yeah when i was thinking of the next thing too where it's like what what are some benefits for or what are some benefits that people can get in group therapy as opposed to individual therapy i think about an experience that i had um in group therapy as well where i was becoming very like frustrated or irritated in the group therapy session from somebody else's story mm -hmm. and when I was able to speak to the therapist individually about it they were able to then say you know after further exploring about it where it was I was relating to the story in a different way than what the person was expressing and it felt it was able to open up some insight for me in that experience in that moment but they were saying how like they noticed that for me, they were like, something was coming up for you in there. And so let's explore this more individually. So I always think of like, in your experience, what have you noticed that some people have benefited from being in the group process as opposed to individually? Yeah, I think learning maybe how other people respond to them. I think sometimes they feel because I'm the coach or the therapist that I'm yeah. already on their team. Mm -hmm. So I think they expect a certain amount of positive support coming from me like you're doing amazing but possibly tuning that out sometimes not that I would ever share some of that if I didn't fully believe it and I talk about some of the challenges as well but when I'm kind of celebrating somebody I think they almost take that as a given from my role mm -hmm. but when they get that from each other in group when people mm -hmm. are remembering their stories and checking in with them about where they're at with it and celebrating these small successes and giving them feedback and they're getting similar feedback from multiple sources it helps what they're receiving have a little bit more weight mm -hmm. in a way I mean I think there are times when 
what they hear from a therapist has more weight. But I think in this case, just how people are responding to them, that might be more powerful from other group members. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I can, I can see that for sure. Cause it's almost like in a group you build a, um, like a bond mm -hmm. um, that is very different than, you know, meeting friends like out and about. Mm -hmm. um, because you really do talk about things that you don't talk about probably, right? And like most yeah. of your day-to-day -day relationships. Um, yeah. And so that sort of, that bond, I think can be a very powerful like healing tool because um, you you trust these people yeah. at a certain point. Yeah, they're like, people start to refer to each other as like my people or I do a, a lot of women's group, my ladies or however they would refer to each other. Mm -hmm. But there is this kind of, these are my people that starts to grow out of that. And I think something, it might've been what you said, Michelle, when you were talking, forget when I was thinking about this, but group also is an opportunity to practice some of those things in group mm -hmm. that you're not ready yet to do outside of group. So perhaps it's setting a boundary in group, like, I don't wanna talk about that right now. I'm feeling uncomfortable and I just wanna honor that right now so that they can start to do that kind of thing outside of group, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So I think group is a really helpful tool for that kind of thing. Um, and also as, um, the group members get to know each other, different people represent dip different people in their lives. So you oh. might have like a very loud extrovert in the group who reminds you of your sister that you wanna work through some things with. It kind of gives you this opportunity, obviously it's not the same people, but it gives you the opportunity to say a little bit more, get to understand each other a little bit more just from some similarities that we noticed with our people outside of group mm. yeah yeah it's so interesting just it really is right like the dynamics between people and how all this stuff is going on in the background of our lives all the time yeah um but you know being in a therapeutic group really like lets you see it and like yeah. hone in on these things and utilize that experience to you know help you grow and learn and heal and all these different things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do yeah yeah i mean there's so many like even as you're saying that i thought of another thing that can be very powerful it's the having witnesses right so let's say you are questioning your relationship with your partner and you've never said that out loud or you've said it out loud only with your therapist, but to nobody else. Mm -hmm. and just start putting some of that stuff out there in the world so you can face it and look at it in a more honest way, having witnesses to that, surviving having witnesses to that, because that can be so scary and such a vulnerable thing to do, but to be able to just say it, hear yourself say it and receive usually some kind of support or warmth or 
people just holding space for you as you're doing it, but witnessing is so powerful as well. Yeah, I think what I was thinking about it too is, um, at least from my experience in group, was being a part of it at first, not feeling like I can trust the other people mm -hmm. and how much can I share if I do share what's the information, how is it going to be received? Are, you know, are they going to share this experience with anybody else? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, my experience in the group was I got something different from individual. I was able to trust my therapist, but it felt so much more different when I was in a group setting and the, the cultivated experience or the really, yeah, the cultivating, like just a safe space. Yeah. So after time, it felt more comfortable to be like, I can trust these people. I can say these things out loud. Like you, what you were saying was, if I'm having relationship problems, I can't, you know, maybe I don't feel comfortable telling my, my partner or my family or friends, but in that space, learning to just trust that I can share these things out loud and mm -hmm. to hopefully get that response of like, I see you, that witnessing, mm -hmm. noticing too, like I can trust others. Mm -hmm. I can trust people. Like and not everybody, and obviously I think that that's just normal as a society. But learning just to be able to establish that trust. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and the other side of that could be having a bit of a vulnerability hangover. I mean, sometimes yeah. sharing something and feeling like I think I can trust these people, but then maybe your own inner critic starts taking over that night or days after your words, and you start to second guess having shared that and that's all Ooh. part of the process if that's happening for you it's very likely that that's happening in other places I always mm -hmm. see group as sort of this microcosm of your world outside of group so the patterns that come up and get touched on in group are usually part of what happens to you anyway yeah. mm -hmm. I've never heard that before vulnerable vulnerability hangover <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like that makes so much sense where you leave and you're like Oh, did I share too much? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know what, yeah. how I'm feeling or like you wake up in the middle of the night because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that out loud. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that could be totally about you only uh -huh. or it could be that somebody in group made a comment that felt judgmental and that didn't get addressed. So, you know, I feel like I keep uncovering all these layers and it's a lot, <laughs> but those are the nuances that you can sort of work through as you're in this environment where that opportunity comes up again and again. Mm -hmm. And I love that we are sort of like, right, digging through the layers of like what group can be. Um, because I think when people think of groups, they think of them as very surfacey and some are right some are like more like psychoed groups and you're there to just sort of like learn some things and move forward um but a lot of groups also are multi-layered multi-dimensional things um like you said they're like their own sort of ecosystem of what your life is like outside of a group yeah um, and it's not really something that you can experience in other situations. Like it's, it's a very like specific sort of thing that happens yeah. when you're in a therapeutic group. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, have you, or just sort of what's your opinion on 
if someone's thinking about maybe joining a group, what should they be thinking about in terms of like if it's the right time for them or is like is group not a good fit for certain people or certain situations? I think the only situation where I think somebody might not be ready for group yet is if they're just starting to do their own work and they have maybe some pretty significant trauma history or they really don't understand um, a lot about their own emotional health and what helps them get grounded and they have the tendency to get triggered. Mm -hmm. I think that to get a, a bit of a better understanding of that first and do a little healing first so that they can open up to other people because there's stuff that comes up and sometimes it could even be difficult conversations or somebody sharing about their path that could be triggering if somebody has in some of their own work. So I think that's the only situation where I think somebody um, would want to get ready before going into a group situation. And that's not everybody. I mean, as I shared with you, I went very early on into group combined with my other work. So I didn't know a whole lot about emotional health and what was grounding for me and all of that. But I was not getting overly triggered. So that wasn't my issue, you know, but for somebody who might find that they get triggered and get dysregulated and haven't really learned all those layers yeah or some of those layers you don't have to learn everything but um yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it sounds like really um maybe i'm trying to think how to phrase it where maybe processing more with somebody individually allowing them to have a little bit more tools in their toolbox before they are and going into a group experience because there are things that could come up that could easily trigger somebody and when they lack that kind of maybe I guess coping strategies or emotional dysregulation skills that maybe it's like let's take a pause on this piece and then go and work on those things individually some more and then come back because as you were saying too it doesn't sound like they have to be completely healed to go into a group it's let's get you to a place where you can regulate so when these things do come up for yourself yeah when these things do come up for yourself in there that you're able to, to work through it That's and maybe right. even be able to process it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even to say to the group, I'm working on this, Ooh, I'm yeah. a bit with this. So having, and that's what the individual therapist or coach can help somebody do as they're mm -hmm. going into that to say, let's make sure the group understands so that you can communicate about that as you need and, and help them have permission to either bring other people into that or you might find other ways of having a tool like the way you were saying kind of figuring out your own tools or your own toolkit mm -hmm. before going into that situation so you have a few ways of taking care of yourself through that i love that so for you when you're getting ready to run groups do you do any sort of screening first or is it just kind of like organically whoever comes um I have started to do more screening for it. I think that I used to be a little bit more whoever comes, it's all gonna be great. But sometimes when people really don't understand the process of group, mm -hmm. they 
might not last. So sometimes oh. they feel like uncomfortable getting feedback and weren't fully aware. So I spend some time helping people understand group mm -hmm. and the nuances of group and let them make a decision with that information about whether or not they want to do group. And also I like to meet them and get to know them a little bit. Really the way that I screen people now is just one session or I even offer a free discovery session mm -hmm. so that I know that they're at a place where group can be really useful for them. And we've had a conversation about what they might want from group. I think if somebody, I know I was talking earlier about if somebody's getting dysregulated, but also if somebody's too depressed to really make use of the action piece, because there's definitely an action piece. We're talking to each other about where they want to move towards in their lives. And there is some accountability piece and there are some expectations that somebody's going to be able to do some things to support themselves moving forward. And if somebody's really kind of in the middle of a depressive episode, it can just not be productive at that point. Not to say, obviously there's a lot of shades of gray in there. So it's not a black and white kind of a thing, but if somebody I think is too deeply in it, it probably isn't the best timing for them because group was, wouldn't be that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, 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 for some reason, had a question in my brain, and it's it's going to probably take away from like the client experience, mm -hmm. because I've noticed as so I supervise a lot of like um, trainees or AMFTs right now, and I've noticed, and I was curious if maybe you can offer some insight here. What is the hesitation? Do you think with people leading like this therapist leading groups? I get that a lot where we talk about leading, you know, groups for depression or coping skills or things like that. And I get a lot of people who are like, I, I don't want to lead a group. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. So I was, I, I, it just came to me right now. Cause I'm like, I wonder what Tanya's experience is with that. Like, was there some hesitation for yourself of like, do I want to lead group or do you yeah. get other therapists who are like, Nope, I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. touch on that. I definitely have <laughs> interacted with other therapists who are like, no, no, I don't do group. And I think it is the fear. I think they're afraid that they aren't going to be able to meet everybody's needs and it's going to be too much coming at them and there's going to be too much of a requirement to like honor everybody and not know how to navigate through that. So I think there's some fear in that. Um, and maybe getting overwhelmed with all the people feeling like they can't even hear where their need is because they their own nervous system gets activated. So yeah. I think that that's in my experience, I think that's usually the hesitation for people mm -hmm. and maybe telling themselves that they wouldn't be able to do well in a group because mm -hmm. um, that, so that's not their zone of genius, that kind of thing. But I, I think there's definitely some anxiety in there. So that might be a story that they haven't really fully explored. Uh -huh. Yeah. For me, because I started as a client in the group and changed my whole <laughs> career to run groups, I feel like I have a certain comfort level that maybe isn't a given, that people don't typically start with that comfort level. But I think for me, groups have always been somewhat comfortable. I mean, not that I never feel some level of overwhelm, not so much now, but over the years as I've been developing that. Uh -huh. 
But I think for me to figure out how I want to run my group has been the biggest question that I've had over the years because I have done, I've done, um, gosh, many years ago, I did social skills groups for girls. So they were young and I was helping them with social skills. Um, you know, we would do some play and we would do some talking and that was a period of time. And I decided I preferred to work with adults, but I had uh -huh. to go through that to even make that decision. Mm -hmm. And I have done a divorced women's group before, and I have done um, different groups that were structured differently. I've done a drop-in group before where it didn't matter if you came or didn't come to the session, whoever showed up would be perfect. And that was a great group, but I think there was a certain lightness because it was this drop-in thing. So nobody was necessarily, not nobody, but people were not necessarily as engaged in their process of wanting to move forward towards something. So I stopped doing it in that way because I learned that didn't work best for me, even though I loved those groups. So I think my own process has evolved over the years and always finding kind of the balance between structure and organic flow. Mm -hmm. and even now, as I have my groups forming, they have their own personalities and it's a collaborative or that's part of how I run group is as a more collaborative way of doing group together. So we will talk about just next session, if there's a structural change and I allow people to give me feedback and adjust if that's something that would be helpful. So my, um, one of my groups really wants topics. They find topics helpful because they're not necessarily gonna get into these, some of these deeper topics if they just catch each other up on where they're at. Mm, yeah. So I'll come back to really doing topics like acceptance, accountability, energy levels, whatever it is. So they take what they're going through currently, but they go deeper to try and understand what does come up for them. And that seems to be helpful. And one of these groups, I just added a WhatsApp chat mm. so that oh. they can check in with that each other between sessions, if there's something to celebrate or if they just want to have a little bit of witnessing as they've taken a step or accountability piece, that kind of thing. So yeah. things are continuing to evolve for each group uh -huh. based on what they're finding to be the most helpful. Yeah. So it sounds like really your experience being like a group participant really helped you feel comfortable or uh, at least part, partly comfortable of like, Hey, this is something I've enjoyed and that I found helpful and it eased maybe that anxiety that I think other clinicians might have of leading group. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know I kind of like took a turn with that question <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, I, I just noticed that that comes up a lot. Like I get that a lot, this hesitation piece. And um, I think what you said was so helpful of like my experience being in group helped ease that for me. And so I think that even maybe even relating that to other people, like, have you ever done group? What was it like for you? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your story? Was there some fear in what you would disclose? Was there some betrayal in that group process that maybe came up for you? And you don't want to have to be, I think people think that they have to bear that burden of like, I'm the facilitator. So if something bad happens, that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, and definitely if your nervous system is activated, you're not going to be as effective. So being able to stay grounded through the process or give yourself a moment to get grounded, if you know, that can happen that something comes up and you start to feel some pressure. I think the other piece, and it is as a facilitator to not require yourself to like come up with these answers the goal Mm. is to keep the process of exploration going and help people communicate what is coming up for them and that's an ongoing thing you're not gonna like tie it up with a neat little bow and I think sometimes maybe people feel like they have to do that And I get caught in that too. I mean, I think even (laughs) as recently as the last session I read, I caught myself going, all right, we're just exploring, right? You know, reminding myself that I didn't need to like tie it all up in a neat little bow. But I think that that comes up where, I I think it comes up in individual work as well. But I think in group, when there's multiple people, it can feel very overwhelming to think you're supposed to have the answer for everybody in group so Mm -hmm. and that makes a lot of sense especially for new clinicians right like you already I remember feeling that pressure of like Uh you know like these are real people and I'm supposed to be helping them and you know like you you do feel this immense amount of pressure especially when you might not be as confident right? Like in your clinical skills, or you just don't have the experience yet to be like, okay, yeah, like I know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that maybe Donald, that's what's coming up for them is that they're just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to help yeah. everybody and it's too many people and it's overwhelming for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember my experience of leading a, a specific group and it was a specific like EMDR flash group. And I remember asking everybody for SEDS level and throughout the thing and I remember like people being like it's going low and I had one person that was like still an eight and I was like oh okay and then we just kept going and then they were bringing it down but that one person was like still an eight yeah. and so I, was, I felt myself like oh like I don't know uh, how to help this person bring down the suds and you know I, I'm wondering how is that impact infecting everybody else in here too of this one person saying I it's not going down and other people are like mine are going down. Am I doing it right? Wait, is it effective? Or is this person now feeling like judged of like, is it, you know, is it me? Am I not doing it right? And I remember me just kind of leaving that group. Like, I don't know if I want to do that one again, (laughs) because I just was like, Oh, I don't know if I was doing it right. Or what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a part of it was, you know, going back that trial and error. I think that's what was important when you said who are, who's a good fit for group experience of like, I probably have to go back and maybe screen a little differently and figure out maybe how much more of this individual work did this person need prior before coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that brought up, brought on a little bit of hesitation on my part as a clinician of like, Ooh, do I really want to do another group? Yeah. Yeah. So. And even as you were talking, of course, every group is different. <laughs> that might've been not appropriate in that group, but it could, mm-hmm. those are great questions that you're asking <laughs> and to know context. Is this person consistently an aid and not coming down? Or was this different for this particular group session? And to ask some of those questions, how, mm-hmm. how are you feeling that other people are going down and you're not? What's that experience like? And to really be transparent with some of that stuff that comes up. I mean, I think to even in groups, sometimes I've said things like, I feel compelled to give you an answer, but I know that's not what you need. You know, 
-hmm. what is that for you or something like just to put it out there and name it as it's happening can be a really helpful tool if you feel confident enough to be able to do that right because if it's pushing against your sense that maybe you're doing something wrong you're not going to be comfortable enough to do that but Mm. over because I've done it for so long and this is not all the time but there are times when I realize whatever's going on behind and sort of my thought patterns could be very helpful to bring out to the group because if I'm feeling a certain way often it's not just mine alone it's it's about what's going on so it'd be helpful to really process it together yeah yeah well I know I'm I love this conversation so much about group um, and so many great like explanations and points that I think people who maybe have never thought about being in a group before uh-huh. they might now be curious about oh maybe I should try to you know maybe I should try to find a group and see what happens or maybe like bring it up to their individual clinician and be like hey you know do you know of any groups that maybe would be a good fit for me um, yeah because I'm like I want to I want to be in a group <laughs> to, uh, you know to like have I know I kind of want to go back people, right uh-huh um, I want to find one today I'm going to be looking online yeah. <laughs> I'm like where are there groups where, where we live right now I, I need to find one <laughs> um well and that brings up a good thing Donald so mm-hmm. Tanya for you or right for the listeners like what sort of maybe the best way to go about finding a group or finding a group that is a good fit for somebody? Like, do you have any sort of tips for that? Yeah, I mean, for, so if somebody's interested in doing group with me, because all my groups are virtual and mm-hmm. they are uh, therapeutic groups as opposed to therapy groups, so I can work with anybody in the world. So nice. that's one thing that um, I mentioned the free discovery session. So that mm-hmm. would be a way somebody could work with me. But if they're just wanting to explore group in general, or if they really want an in-person group, because I totally understand that as well. I think if you have an individual therapist, that's a great place to start. Um, There are some pretty affordable group options. I know there's a few things that have started out there in the world. There's one called Oh, pace groups is one. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wanted to explore kind of a more inexpensive group option and to see whether or not they have something available, I know that that's one. I feel like there's another one, but I always call it the wrong thing. So there's another, maybe it's called group court or something like that. So there's a few of them that have popped up. Psychology Today does a lovely job of describing therapists but they also have a group section so if you're Mm. looking for a group you can tell them where you're looking for the group and what you're hoping to find and um, that also can give you some information great so you mentioned people can work with you so it doesn't matter because you're in new york state right i'm in new york but I'm doing them as coaching groups. So yeah, so that that will allow me a bigger sort of reach. Yeah. So if people are interested in learning more about you and connecting with you, where can people sort of find you? 
Yeah, so they can come to my website. Um, it's my name, but I have also group with Tanya is easier to remember. So group with Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A. So they can find me that way. And actually on my website, I have a little 10 minute documentary that I made about mm -hmm. my own story of finding group. Oh. And um, that was really a labor of love. And I feel very proud of that documentary. So I think that can give you a bit of flavor, a little more flavor of who I am and what that experience was for me in that documentary. But, um, and I also, this is not really related to group, but if somebody wants to follow along with some of the work that I'm doing, I do some video posts on Instagram and TikTok um, and both have the same handle, which is Tanya, the therapist, all one word. So again, that's T-A-N-Y-A, but Tanya, the therapist, all one word. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you for being here with us and talking with us for this past hour. It's um, been really great. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah you guys so much it's been wonderful for me as well and I really like to hear about your experiences as well because I don't always get that in the conversations that I've had on guesting on podcasts because not everybody has had those experiences so I appreciate that yeah thank you I feel like this was probably one of the better interviews that I've had with people because I think even right now the information you shared like there's not too many people that talk about group therapy so I think that the information that you shared with us and with the listeners is going to be super impactful super important and yeah I mean I, I, I loved it <laughs> awesome. Me too. thank you so much yeah thank you and um I'm definitely gonna follow you on Instagram learn <laughs> learn some more things about group huh yeah. yeah. Although I don't post much about it <laughs> because it is a little trickier to put into those videos. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> but I post stuff about like mental health and other things, but I have to think on that, how to mm -hmm. bring the group flavor into that. Yeah. Cause that's like, it really seems like that's your, you know, like that's your genius. Like that's your, mm -hmm. your area. And um, like, Donald said, like, not very many people talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so important to talk about, you know, yeah. that that's out there and it exists. And this is sort of how it works. It doesn't have to be so scary. So, yeah. 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 Thank you. I think you've motivated me <laughs> to more in those videos about group experiences. Yeah. So, we will definitely put all of your information in the show notes below and link all of that. So if yep. any of you out there want to connect with Tanya or maybe be a part of her group or learn more about her, then you have all those links easily accessible. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh.